Welcome back to the Jim Leach Show. Now, uh, ordinarily, if we are going to talk to an author on the program, it's usually somebody local who has written a book. It is very rare that I uh, book an author who's not from around these parts unless the subject matter is really compelling, really interesting. And well, this one definitely fits the bill. As a, uh, a lifelong lover of the funnies in the newspaper, as someone who really appreciates the art of editorial cartoons and has known to even pick up a comic book from time to time, uh, I was uh, very eager to get my hands on a copy of the book American Comics, A History. It is an extensive, a scholarly, but also a very accessible read about the uh, really the centuries uh, history of the uh, art form of comics in America. Jeremy Dauber is a Columbia University professor, and he is the author of American Comics, A History, and joins us live here this afternoon. Professor, welcome to the program. Great to have you here. Jim, thank you so much. It's really great to be on the show. Thank you for having me. I I will admit, I guess I was just a bit disappointed when I picked up this very big, thick book, because I thought I'd be full of pictures and things, but it really, (laughs) it's just, it's just, it's lots and lots of words that really thoroughly just catalog and chronicle this rich history of this American art form. Well, yeah, you know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words, so I figured I'd just put in a number of thousand words, and there you go. <laughs> now, um, let me ask you, what, what inspired you to write this kind of a treatise uh, on, on well, to use the term broadly, the funnies? Well, you know, it really, I started teaching a class about this at Columbia because it was, you know, first a lifelong love of mine, like it sounds like it was of yours, and... I really came across this idea that, hey, this is not only an art form with just wonderful works in it, like there are in film and all sorts of other media, but also it kind of tells the story of America, you know, over the centuries. The book talks about a century's worth of stuff. And in that century, comics reflected all sorts of aspects of American history and culture. And so I said, you know, this is a book. This is something we can tell the story uh, and, and introduce people to a lot of wonderful and fun anecdotes and, and, and titles along the way. It's a point that just jumps out all throughout the book, that it really is a reflection of America, both for better and for worse. We we see yeah. the, the heroism of the, the World War II generation, the, the pluckiness of how people muddled their way through the Depression. But we also see uh, throughout these uh, cartoons and comic books and things, we see racism, we see misogyny. We see a lot of things reflected in American culture and not all of it good. I think that's right. You know, comics really are a mirror of America. And sometimes that mirror shows us the best that America can be, like you say. And sometimes it shows us parts we'd actually rather not like to look back on. Um, but if you want to tell an honest story of our culture, you want to have both of those parts in it. And, and, and I tried to really uh, show both aspects of that in a powerful way. You, uh, you deal with cartooning in a variety of different forms, from, from editorial cartoons, one panels, to the, the comic strip that we think of today, to comic books, obviously, and now graphic novels and, and all the different forms those take. Is there any form that you feel like just lends itself more to real creative innovation than the others? Or do they all have some element of that? I, I think you're right to say that they all have some element of it. There are ones that, you know, emotionally, I think all, each of us are more or less attached to. You know, I grew up spreading out the Sunday newspaper, looking at some of those comic strips. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that, that always strikes a soft point in my heart. And going to the comic shop every week and getting new comic pamphlets. But and, 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 you know, you can do incredible work within 
four panels or 22 pages. Um, but at the same time, you know, these graphic novels, these newer things that maybe weren't around when I was uh, you know, a young kid, um, they allow for this kind of real ambition and creative uh, uh, depth that it, it's hard to fit in even to the best four panel or 22 page thing. And so, you know, they each have their own merits. They each have their own treasures. They're all part of the story. Um, but depending on who you are uh, and where you're coming from, you can find a lot to love in all of them. We're talking with Professor Jeremy Dauber. He's the author of American Comics, a, a history. Uh, and it really is a, a history. It goes back to the early days when comics first began to appear in American newspapers. I was really struck by the notion that comics sort of emerged in the paper as a way to uh, to get basically kids to hound their parents to, <laughs> to buy the newspaper. And the reason that jumped out at me so much, because I remember it as a kid going back and looking at old microfilms of old uh, newspapers from our community back in the 19th. 20s and reading comic strips that made no sense to me because honestly it, it seemed you know the, the humor was kind of abstract it was you know a kind of sophisticated uh, obviously there were cultural references I wouldn't have gotten uh, 60 years later but uh, it, there was there was a lot going on in those very early comic strips and yet it was really to, to draw kids so the kids would go to their parents and say you got to buy the paper so I can see what happens to crazy cat or the yellow kid. I think that's right. You know, I mean, you would have these newspaper syndicates and they would be in a particular town like Springfield. And, you know, you would say, well, the reason that you should subscribe or, or, or pick up this paper uh, is because it has these comics in it and not those comics, right? And so, you know, the kids would, would tell their parents, come on, come on, you know, I want to make sure that I see Peanuts or Beetle Bailey or whatever it is. Uh, and it's only in this newspaper. And that would be this really sort of powerful thing. Uh, in addition, you know, you had this idea of, ongoing comic strips, you know, where the it wouldn't just be, you know, a one-shot gag like Peanuts or something like that, but from day to day, you know, you would follow the story. There was this great line that a newspaper editor said, which is, you're not selling today's paper. They already have today's paper. You're selling tomorrow's paper, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. What, what so the comics were very good at that. Sorry, go on. No, no. Yeah, I, well, I want to jump ahead a little bit because one of my, the my favorite uh, things that you talk about in this book, and I find it such a fascinating chapter in American cultural history, was the development of the comics code and how yeah. uh, we had so much policing of content and how just like rock and roll was going to be the undoing of America's youth, so were comic books. It seems so quaint and remote and distant, but it was a very big deal back in the 50s. Yeah, and I think as you're implying, you know, it, it's exactly the right analogy because, you know, this comics code, this kind of crackdown on comics messages comes at exactly the same time as Rock Around the Clock and Bill Haley and, the you know, the all of these kind of issues about juvenile delinquency. And there was a lot of concern about that uh, that really manifested itself in ultimately these Senate hearings that said to the comics business, either you clean house or we're going to do it for you. Uh, and this code really, uh, in some ways, said kept comics as a juvenile medium for maybe longer than it would have been otherwise. Uh, it was a really, really important time in the history of comics. Whether it succeeded in stifling, uh, let's say, uh, delinquent impulses, I'm not sure, because the main guy went on to found Mad Magazine, 
um, which probably launched a thousand anti-authoritarian careers and satire and delinquents, you know, far more than any of those comics might have ever done. And shaped a lot of our senses of humor uh, right to this day. Uh, now, I'll admit, I'm not the most sophisticated consumer of this medium. My taste tends to run more to the newspaper comic strips, even though I don't get a, a hard copy of the newspaper anymore, but I still manage to go online and, and find uh, my favorites uh, to read. And I love how you recount the origins of Blondie, which is still showing up in daily newspapers almost a century <laughs> later, which is remarkable. But you spend a lot of time talking about modern-day comic books. Uh, it, it's a very sophisticated uh, art form here. How do you feel the, the modern-day graphic novel-style comic book really fits into uh, modern-day American literature? Well, I think it's a great question because what you've seen over the last, let's say, especially 30 or 40 years since the graphic novel really took off as this kind of, among other things, self-contained volume that you could have on a library shelf or a bookstore shelf, you know, that kind of thing, um, you see sort of the opportunity to say, we've got 200 pages. We can tell a long, coherent story that can really address anything. It could be aimed at adults. It could be addressing you know, details of American politics. It can tell a sophisticated biography of an American cultural figure. Um, it can express uh, a particular person's autobiographical journey. Um, it can do any or all of those things, or it can be uh, a 200-page delightful adventure story for little kids. Uh, and like anything, like any art form, um, there are excellent versions of all of those things, and there are less excellent versions. But the masterpieces can stand up, in my opinion, to any other medium. And it's an art form that is still evolving. And, of course, here in the digital age, it seems like the sky is the limit. How, how do you see our, our Internet and digital age really continuing to change the form of comics? Well, you know, what's, I think it's a great point. What's amazing to me is that uh, for many decades in the comics business, with a couple of exceptions, if you wanted to make it in comics, you had to live within a couple of miles of New York City. You know, that was where the publishing industry for comics was. That was where all the work was. That You know, you had to be able to come and meet with people, what have you. And that was how you got noticed if you sort of showed up at the offices, that kind of thing. You know, nowadays with the Internet, if you are someone, you're someone from Springfield, you're someone from somewhere else, you, you want to make a splash. Um, and you have the talent and you have the ability, you can put your stuff on the Internet. And, you know, if it finds an audience, it can find millions and millions of views. And then people will come calling and say, hey, why don't you give a shot at Spider-Man? Why don't you give a shot at, whatever, you know, at Superman? Um, the, 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 the barriers to entry are so much lower um, for, uh, for talent and for telling your own individual stories. So it could be that the next great, you know, comics artist or comics writer, you know, is now working away and getting ready to upload, uh, you know, their, their next four panels to the Internet. And they're going to be the next Charles Schultz. You know, that could happen. There's so much more we could talk about. We're, we're out of time, and I would just encourage people to to find the book, read up on this rich history, because it's a history not just of this art form, but again, really of kind of the fabric of American life over the last century plus. American Comics, a history. Jeremy Dauber is the author. And, and Professor, uh, we always ask this question. It's always pretty much the standard answer, but tell people how they can find your book. Well, uh, it's available for pre-order now everywhere that you can order books, any website that you want to. And starting uh, next week, it's going to be in bookstores. So uh, uh, enjoy. It makes a great gift and a great read. It, it really is. If you know somebody in your life who loves graphic novels or loves comic strips and wants to uh, really uh, be able to talk very, very intelligently about all of that, it is a terrific gift idea. Professor Jeremy Dauber, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here.